benders and non-benders alike, welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco, and we're about to cover a very, very iconic episode today. I'm feeling the pressure, Varney, are you? Dante Bosco, I am too. This is a huge episode, but I also need to point something else out, which is that I couldn't help but notice that you were very conveniently absent for my interview with Azula. I mean, with Gray Delisle. What's going on there? <laughs> you know, like, we can't be in the same room at the same time that much that long. I love Gray. I missed her. How was she doing? We missed you so much. Of course, she had to pretend for one second like she was Azula and she had taken over Zuko's job on a podcast. That was a little heartbreaking for us all. But no, she adores <laughs> you and misses you. And, you know, we're definitely going to have her back. She must be on the same episode as you and the three of us have to be able to hang because we love her. I know, of course. So back to today. Yeah. There is a song in this episode that has become one of the most famous songs from television of all time. It's like an honorary theme song of our show, yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender. So are you ready for this, Varney? You ready to get into this, The Cave of Two Lovers? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm also very scared. It occurs to me, you know what might help us on this? Maybe we should get some help from a friend. You know what I mean? I think it's a great idea. Right? To do justice to this episode, someone else, the blame can fall on if we don't do it justice. If we don't do it justice, we need some blame. Yes. I'm talking about somebody who is one of us, one of our own, one of our favorite people, maybe like a Jack DeSena type. Jack, are you available right now? Do you I'm happen to be logged in and on? willing or? to take blame. I'm here. <laughs> Jack DeSena back for the new season. What's up? What is going on? How have you been? How's life? Doing great. Living life. Feeling good. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we love having you on. I, mean, I guess I feel like you've been on more than anyone else thus far. So we're just continuing that trend and pulling you in. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm having a trophy made. It's just like four sagas. <laughs> Holding hands. So the last time I was on was doing trivia, which, boy, I love that. And I'll do that at any time for any occasion. But I really, I've really enjoyed these recap episodes. They feel like book club. It feels like I go and I watch the episode and then we come and we break it down. It's so fun. It's just a really satisfying thing. So I'm very happy to be here. Oh, no. I I love that, too, Jack. It feels like I realize I'm watching and we're going to this new season. It's like, I don't think I've ever watched anything I've done like this. I've never gone back and like looked yeah, no. at something knowing that I have to talk about it and think about it. And like, uh-huh. I've never done that on anything I've ever done in my whole career. So this is like, it's really wild. <laughs> it is. You know what? I have the benefit of we will have three years of this tucked away before we get into Cora. So I feel like I've had the benefit of like <laughs> just getting used to the general idea of doing a podcast like this. But I know I still am not going to be ready. I'll probably be way w- more weirded out and uncomfortable than either of you because I'll be yeah. like, oh, no, I now I've had three years to talk about something that I'm not in. <laughs> Suddenly all your hosting skills go away and it's just yes. like, yeah. And then Cora uh, read this line pretty weird, I thought. <laughs> kind of came out a little clunkier than 
think if she got another shot at yeah. that, she might have. That voice actor who played Corsi Blake's just having a real bad day. I'm not sure what's going on there, but. Uh... And then I'll be able to relax, Varney. I'll just be able You're to be go, able to, oh, oh. that was interesting, huh? That was a oh. cool little episode. You are going to relax, schmalax. You're going to lay into me. I can. I deserve it. I can't wait. I'm into it. We're a long way from that. We're cracking open the beautiful virtual tome that is the illustrated manuscript of book two, Avatar The Last Airbender. Book two, Earth. It's a gorgeous season. So much amazing stuff happens. I had forgotten that Cave of Two Lovers happens just right at the beginning of book two. It's like, hey, welcome to book two. Also, here's this most iconic song of all time. Are you ready for it? Right? I'm surprised it comes this early. And also... The song is what you remember from this episode, and there's a lot going on in this episode. The Zuko storyline is amazing. Yeah, Like, I think it's a lovely little B story that genuinely yes. completely left my brain because I just uh-huh. go, yeah, it's the one where John sings a fun song. Uh, so it was, it was very fun to dive back in. It's so true. And furthermore, I just realized, isn't there a character named song in this episode where we have, yeah. like, this most iconic song? That's there also is. amazing. Yeah, there's the second most iconic song as well. Yeah. Oh, poor song. The character <laughs> of song, song gets lost because the song is so famous. Look, we've just launched into the season. We just had our first introduction to, you know, everybody's leaving. Everybody's leaving the Northern Water Tribe, heading out, got to go to to see Bumi, got to get to Amashu. All this kind of stuff is sort of forthcoming. That's where things are supposed to be headed. They've got to see Bumi to start Aang's earthbending training. So this is part of that journey of trying to get there. And this is just one of the things that happens on their travels before they hit Omashu, which is going to bring them some surprises of their own. So basically, you know, we all know what happens in this episode. Aang and his friends meet these traveling bards, these singers, these hippie, it's all about the journey, folks. And they are going to try to help our trio get to Omashu without being noticed, found and captured by the Fire Nation. That could prove tricky, but there might be this secret tunnel that will allow them to do that. Meanwhile, we have Zuko and Iroh basically living as refugees. They are not able to claim who they are. They don't have any money. They don't have any means. They're in trouble and they're helped by a very compassionate family. And we learn a little bit more about where Zuko's head is and what it feels like to be on the other side of the abuse of the Fire Nation. So you're so right, Jack. It's such a great arc for Zuko and Iroh this season. So much is going to happen to them. And seeing where they are in this episode, it's kind of heartbreaking. And also, there's a lot of like itchy rashes that happen to one of the two, which we'll dig into more. (laughs) And let's not forget, we meet the world's first earthbenders. Why am I doing a Dante Bosco? You know what? He hasn't been here for a couple episodes, so I've been launching into this a lot more than anyone wants. (laughs) There's an old story about a secret pass right through the mountains. Is this real or a legend? Oh, it's a real legend. And it's as old as earthbending itself. Let's get into the recap. My dearest Dante, will you start us off with this recap and let us know what the heck is going on at the beginning of The Cave of Two Lovers? So here we start the show. Sokka and Katara are in this super picturesque canyon where Katara teaches Aang waterbending while Sokka floats by on a giant leaf somehow with Momo on his lap. What tree did that leaf come from? I wonder. I, I have no idea. <laughs> That's a huge leaf. It's got to be very sturdy. I know, very sturdy leaf. 
And then they go into a very interesting water bending technique, uh-huh. the octopus, you know? That's a new one. I didn't remember that either. But then <laughs> I love the octopus water moves with guitars, ice shards, but with the strains of music coming through the forest, the three realize they're not alone. A colorfully dressed group of folks approaches, one playing a sort of sitar-like instrument and singing, another playing a flute. That's right. And I should add that the... Uh... The sitar-like instrument is actually a Tibetan instrument called a dramyin, like D-R-A-M-Y-I-N. The guy introduces himself as Chung. He and his wife, Lily, and I guess the rest of the gang that with are nomads, which of course makes Aang happy because he is also a nomad, an air nomad, which I thought that was really cool. And it seems like Chung is maybe a little bit of a Hufflepuff. I think he's definitely a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and we leave them admiring Sokka in his underwear, which was also very interesting underwear. You had their Sokka's, loincloth. A little bit of a, little bit of a loincloth yeah. happening. I didn't realize that so you were wearing underneath your outfit this whole time. <laughs> Possibly Sokka didn't realize. In cold weather, like, that's not enough under that's the big enough. warm clothes. But I guess... He's very relaxed. Yeah. The things that he manages to do to relax when everyone else is doing something important uh, never cease to amaze me. I'm always really excited to see, like, what's happening? Oh, he's created a pool floaty for himself and yeah. is just chilling. Momo's taking advantage I mean, he of has it. to. I mean, his friends yeah. and his sisters, the rest of his crew are bending elements. And he's like, I can't uh-huh. do that. I'm going to go play <laughs> with some animals and do some other stuff. I also yeah. deeply relate to, like, he's very focused in these, this episode. He's very like, we got to get to Amashu, we got to get to Amashu. I'm going to fully relax. And <laughs> when y'all are ready to go, I'll be ready so fast. I'm waiting on you as I'm fully in my underwear in a giant leaf floating away. Correct. Speaking of Jack DeSena and speaking of what Sokka's up to, let's actually have you, you don't need to talk about your loincloth anymore. <laughs> you can tell us what's going on with Uncle Iroh and with Zuko. Okay. Yeah. So we go from that. We go to Uncle Iroh. He's like, he's dressed very differently now. He's in some secret casual disguise. He's staring very intensely at a flower growing on a bush in the ground, which he thinks is maybe a white dragon bush. Uh-huh. which is great for tea, or possibly a poisonous white jade bush, which is bad for life. Uh, so we'll find out. Uh, Zuko approaches. His hair's looking very different. The ponytail's gone. He's letting it grow in. It's coming at nice. I didn't remember what? this sort of transitional. It's a high and tight look. It's high and tight. I love the high and tight. He looks great. I know where we're going with him hair-wise, and it's right. a great look that we're about to it's get to. It's not my to. favorite look. Let's be honest. It's not my favorite <laughs> look. But this I is the beginning of the whole hair arc of Zuko. Yeah. It's reminiscent of like a little bit of like the George Clooney Caesar that was like sweeping mm-hmm. the nation. Yeah. Like the early aughts, but I think it looks cute. Some people talk about Zuko's redemption arc, and other people talk about Zuko's hair arc, and this is the beginning of that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So he comes over early in his hair arc. He's been foraging. He's struggling. He's angry. He can't find any food. He hates that they're fugitives. He's very sulky. But back with Team Avatar, where the vibe is different. Everybody's feeling good. We're hanging out with these nomads. There's like 90% more flowers than we're used to, including <laughs> in Appa's hair. Appa's got great braids. We got that like kind of easy breezy, go with the flow, the very hippie thing going on. Sokka, not able to vibe in that way. He can't get on the wavelength right now. He's very concerned about getting to Omashu very quickly. Whoa, sounds like someone's got a case of destination fever. <laughs> You're worried too much about where you're going. 
But you're so right. He was in that mode. He was total easy breezy until more easier, breezier people came into yeah. the scene. And then he was like, uh-uh, we're done with this. <laughs> Only on his terms. Is he okay? With... I'm in full sock. I get moving yeah, mode. No, 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 no. Not like this. We're not doing this I didn't thing. even notice that. You're so right. He's very controlling at times. Sokka really like has in his head how it's supposed to go. And this is one oh, where yeah. it's like, he'll relax while they're doing their training. He knows that's important. But now it's like, we're on the road. That's Sokka's time to shine and navigate. And this is yeah. not part of the plan. And he cannot <laughs> tolerate it. Uh-huh. Which is very in contrast to these nomads who like, you know, for them, the journey is more important than the destination. You know, there's this very like Taoist, like the path is the destination. And they're also funny these characters. Yeah. There's a lot of great jokes. Excellently done by D, who's playing Chong. Yes. Yeah. And Lorraine Newman. Right. And also Dante's brother. My brother Derek in there. It was surprised me. I was like, that's my brother playing Moku. <laughs> my favorite joke in this episode, Moku does. We'll get there later. Okay. I totally agree with you. I love the humor that also has that really Taoist message. And also, you kind of think to yourself like, oh, these guys would get along really well with Iroh, right? It seems like he would get that vibe 100%. all day long. He brings that over to the Fire Nation. A lot of good Iroh jokes in this episode, Iroh's like a nomad, for sure. Yes. All right. So as impatient as Sokka is to get there, there is some concern about the Fire Nation. And Chong actually says, you know, I actually might know a way to get you guys to Omashu faster. There is this legend about a secret pass. It supposedly goes right through the mountains. Now, here's the thing. Many of you guys listening, you know the song by heart, okay? You know the song we're talking about. You know the song we've been talking about (laughs) since the moment we started recording this episode of Braving the Elements. And those of you who are new to the series might not have the same emotional connection to it. I'm sure you love it as well. But those of you who know it really well... You know it. You could hear it without even hearing it. So it doesn't really make sense for us to play the whole thing. But that is exactly what we're going to do. (laughs) So we are going to play the entirety of the song. Everybody chill out. Love it. Revel in it. Here we go. Secret tunnel, everybody. Two lovers forbidden from one another. A war divides their people. And a mountain divides them apart Built a path to be together Yeah, I forget the next couple lines, but uh, then it goes Secret tunnel, secret tunnel Through the mountain Secret, 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 secret tunnel so good. Giant shout out, as Jack mentioned, Dee Bradley Baker's rendition as Chong singing that song. We've had the pleasure of singing with Dee at a few Comic-Cons. I have to be honest, it never ceases bringing tears to my eyes. I love it. I'm already like the power of song for me in a group of people. I'm totally the person that like people sing at a parade. I'm crying. People sing in a choir. I'm crying. (laughs) Children sing at school poorly. I'm crying and still in a good way. (laughs) And certainly singing this song with thousands of people at a con is like one of my favorite things. And I'm so glad the song exists. What if we didn't have the song? It's such a unifying, beautiful thing that happens at at Comic-Cons and panels and stuff. I'd be so sad if we didn't have it. I was actually just thinking of when we sang it at Comic-Con San Diego or or New York. I want to say we might have done it two to three times. 
I just have these memories like I'm on stage and I'm just watching Dee Bradley Baker sing the song. And of course, I don't remember the lyrics on stage, but I do remember the chorus. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> there's an easy jump in point for sure. Believe it or not, as much as I've already talked about it, there's so much more to say about the song and the impact that it has had on on our fandom and beyond. But <laughs> we're just going to have to give that conversation its own breath. We're going to talk about that song Love more that. in a whole separate episode with some very special guests. So with that... We're going to go to a quick break. When we get back, Dante's going to tell us what happens next. Okay, we're back. And Chong has suggested that this secret tunnel might actually exist. And he can help them avoid them being caught by the Fire Nation. But then Aang wants to take care of Appa, and Appa hates going underground. So they take off. Except we immediately cut to Appa flying, and he's surrounded by fireballs. So much for that idea. It happens so fast. I know. It, it was jarring. It's like, oh, the Fire Nation knows where they are real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a comedic device that gets used a ton. The, like, quick cutaway to, like, a massive event that we never uh-huh. see otherwise. <laughs> I guess the yeah. Fire Nation just swarming all over this whole area. They're ready. So they've been giving their marching orders by Azula. I would not mess around with that either. I would be like, we best be on point at all yeah, times, Yeah, this isn't right? some, like... Zhao stuff anymore. Now it's we're... a whole nother game. <laughs> exactly. They reappear in the forest with the musical nomads. Secret love cave, let's go. And so while that group figures out the whole tunnel thing, we go to Zuko, who's caught the world's smallest fish. And Iroh found out the hard way that this flower he thought was either poisonous or not poisonous, it was poisonous. And it doesn't make great tea. <laughs> and so luckily he found another berry, the Pakui berry, to combat the poison. And unless they're Makula berries, which causes blindness. Zuko's like, I'm done with you, uncle. None of this. <laughs> <laughs> These guys need some serious help. But where can they go? They're fugitives. Yeah. And so they, what's the line? And he goes, should we go to the Earth Kingdom and, and maybe get caught and go to prison? Or should we head back this way and, and maybe face Azula? Like, we're going to Earth Kingdom. We ain't uh-huh. going to Azula's way. <laughs> go to Earth Kingdom and maybe die. Such <laughs> an easy decision. And so they take their chances and they go to the Earth Kingdom. And then we're back with Team Avatar. They're walking through the canyon past some cool-looking ruins, and they're heading for the tunnel, or tunnels, where we find out here that it's a whole labyrinth. Sokka's very concerned. This might not be particularly easy. This isn't the plan. He had a plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lily and the Nomads, they're not worried about it at all. Lily tells them that they just need to trust in love. Big theme in this episode, according to the curse. And there's a curse, by the way. This is Sokka. <laughs> I think it's noteworthy. Sokka is like very rational, very like, what's going on here? There's a labyrinth. Oh, that's way more than it. And then, but he's also very freaked out about a curse. So there is <laughs> either some lingering superstition here in Sokka or just he's smart enough to know like if there's a curse about this place, then there's probably more going on, even if it's not a curse. There's something rational, but he's very concerned. That's a really good point. It's like Indiana Jones, right? If there's a curse on this place, which probably just means a bunch of people sent a series of booby traps that are yeah. going to kill us. <laughs> So right. there is yeah. a practical issue with whatever this curse is. He does enough to trust a little in curses in that way. But he does start making maps. Of mm-hmm. course, genius Sokka's making maps. We're going to map the labyrinth. And also I will say, to Sokka's credit, before we know about the curse at all, the idea of, and Lorraine Newman is such a genius and so brilliant and does such a great job with this role, there is something super infuriating about a very vague piece of advice that you don't know how to apply it to anything. Like, just yeah. trust in love, just man. Love. Just trust just in, in love. love. And you're like, through. what does that mean? What is the practical application to us getting through this labyrinth? What are you talking about? 
So we've been told to trust in love. Sokka is not emotionally prepared to do that. Uh, uh-huh. But they got to move fast because the Fire Nation is closing in and the Fire Nation soldiers block the entrance. They're not willing to go in, right? They've heard the song, which ends with Secret Tunnel. I forgot this, that the implied ending of Secret Tunnel is and, and die. 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 <laughs> so the soldiers know that part. They're not going in. They block <laughs> off the tunnel. So we're going to have to navigate our way through. Sokka's working on a map. Sokka is going to do his best to get them out of this. We'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of energy expended by Sokka trying so, so hard. And it just sort of unravels the deeper into the tunnels and the deeper into the episode we get. But for now, we are over with Iroh, who is being treated for his jade plant rash by this young woman named Song. She is very kindly helping Iroh. They're in an earth village. I will say he looks pretty gnarly. So mm. I guess the bush is... <laughs> maybe akin to like your poison ivy or your poison oak. Song's like, okay, so, you know, I'm Song. And I love that like it never occurred to Zuko that he might need to have a name prepared for what he's going to tell people because they are fugitives. It clearly (laughs) hasn't occurred to him. He is stumbling. He is like reaching. He comes up with Lee. His name is Lee. And then his uncle's name is going to be Mushi. And Iroh returns the favor by saying, well, you know, yeah, his name might be Lee, but don't worry. Everyone calls him Junior, which Zuko's like. (laughs) Um, Also, I had that moment where I was like, wait, if Momo means peach, does Mushi mean something? And I know sometimes they say Mushi Mushi. uh, We think about that. But I actually found a site that said that Mushi can also in an ancient Asian language mean dragon. Did you know that? (gasps) He's the Mushi of the West. Right? No, did not know that. Do you think Mike and Brian knew that? Probably. So we did ask Avatar Studios for a little break bite, and it turns out that is a total coincidence. So it's just a beautiful coincidence, not unlike Toph and the blind woman who originated her form of martial arts. How about that? It's interesting because I love, love, love when you have the Zuko arc mirroring someone on Team Avatar's kind of experience. So you have Zuko who's doing the same thing as Sokka, right? Who's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. What are we waiting for? Mm -hmm. Let's get out of here. Maybe he's getting close to convincing Iroh to get going, but then they are offered roast duck for dinner. And Iroh could not be more certain that he will be staying for that. (laughs) He will be enjoying that duck. that roast duck. And meanwhile, back in the tunnel... Sokka's map just does not seem to be helping at all. I mean, what is happening? Is he making them wrong? Is he, he he's sure he's not, right, Jack? I mean, he knows. Probably not. He's a brilliant cartographer. We know he's this. A... Didn't know that. <laughs> Didn't know it. Sokka the map man, <laughs> as we all call him. Yeah. It's what they've been calling him for a season and a half. Uh-huh. We know he's a, the map man. <laughs> it turns out he's not wrong. He has been doing the maps correctly. The terrible realization that he has is that the tunnels are moving and what does that even mean and what are they going to do and then we just do a quick flash over to Zuko and Iroh they are having dinner with Song and her mom and you know they sort of have this connection over lost fathers and being refugees Zuko is of course concealing his ultimate truth but he absolutely can relate on this very deep level to this idea he got the feels in that moment thank you you said it succinctly he got the feels 
Attention all you Sky Bison caregivers out there! Are you on the move with the Sky Bison who likes to feel pampered, is getting ready for a special occasion, or just likes accessories? Make it easy and portable with Lily's Bison Grooming Kit. The kit comes with a brush, comb, gentle elastic bands, and flower clip-ons. Now you too can help your Sky Bison feel groovy in mere minutes. Available wherever we happen to be. We're in the cave now and a horrible rumbling leads to us getting our first glimpse at that wolf bat, which is scary. Bats are not cute creatures, period. I know everyone loves Batman. I do like Batman, too. Batman's cool. Oh, Batman's cute. Batman's cute for sure. I feel like I've seen some cute bats. Well, this particular bat, it gets all riled up, gets everyone else riled up, and, and someone drops a torch, and it lands on Appa's foot, and Appa, understandably, loses it. I mean, the scar, I got freaked out for Appa, too. I'm like, he's all hair. He's not excited about being in caves, right? We get this setup from Aang earlier. He's claustrophobic. He's, like, he's an airbender. He needs a sky. He needs the open space. Now he's in a cave. He's probably been barely keeping it together. Yeah. It's not good. And then you set his fur on fire? He's he's in trouble. We rarely see him freak out anyway, but now he's full-on freaking out. Plus, mm-hmm. he's knocking the walls down. He's The ceilings, the cave's coming down. Right? There's so much problems happening. It's it's a problem. And yep. then Aang saves Katara from being crushed because of all the ceiling coming down. And then they realize now they're cut off from everyone. <gasps> and now back at Song's house, Song and Zuko sit on the porch together. She tells Zuko she knows his scar came from the Fire Nation. And at first Zuko was like, hey, you know I'm the prince, huh? And then she's like, no, because I have a scar too. And Zuko's horrified, but he's also, you know, it's weird, they're sharing their scar stories. I think that's, it's a beautiful moment, actually. Fire Nation has hurt you. It's okay. They've hurt me too. It's such an important part of his journey that yeah. Zuko has to have those one-on-one experiences with people who have been victims of the Fire Nation. Like, it's all yeah, such a part totally. of where he's foreshadow report headed, you know? And I think when you, he's very self-centered a lot of the time in the story about woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. To see someone else scarred and hurt and going through things that he's went through, I think it's good for him. He's like, oh, it's not just all about me in this moment. You two have suffered pain and you two are going through things. And that's great. But you know who's not suffering right now, uh-huh. feeling great, not scared at all, is Chong. He's, they're uh-huh. walking through the tunnel. He's got a song for everything. He's got a song about being stuck in the cave-in. Oh, don't let the cave-in get you down. Don't let the falling rocks turn your smile into a frown. When the tunnels are as dark as that's when you need a clown. Hey! Don't let the cave-in get you down, sucker. Maybe that's a, a well-known folk song. Maybe he's just riffing. We'll never know. He passes them all <laughs> off as wonderful songs. And it seems like Aang, Appa, and Katara have maybe found the exit. They come to this big opening. They th- they open a door. They think they found something. But it's a tomb. We find the tomb where the two lovers are buried. And then based on pictures that Katara sees in the crypt, we go into this really beautiful, more traditional, like watercolored style kind of maybe yeah. illustration. We get this illustration of the mountain and the two lovers. And we hear this story. We hear all about the two lovers. Genuinely beautiful. We talked about this. Just so cool to see this other art style explored. Yeah. Such a clever way to do this, to give us these like flashbacks. And this story tells us we get all about Oma and Shu and Oma Shu. We hear all about also how the lovers learned earthbending 
from the Badger Moles. Is that new in this episode? Is that like yeah, the first time know. we hear this? It is, about right? That. It's definitely new. Finding out that the Badger Moles are the world's first earthbenders is definitely new. Yeah. I love that detail. I think that's incredibly cool that like this mm, sort of mastery of nature that bending is, like that it comes from nature itself, that we have to learn it from animals. Yeah. It's so cool yes. and such a cool reveal here. And so we hear about these two lovers. The man is killed in the war between these villages. We have like this very tragic Romeo and Juliet type of thing going on. And the woman could have destroyed everyone with this newly learned earthbending ability, uh, but instead insisted upon peace ends the war, and they build yeah. a great city here, Oma and Shu. They build Omashu in honor of Oma and Shu as this monument of their love. I got to tell you right now, if I could build a city called Dak that was just my love of the two of you put together to a really <laughs> bad name of a city. Uh, Welcome what a to city. Jante. That might be better than Dak. City Jante's of Jante. <laughs> I did love that story. I, when they said they, they named the city of Mashu, I was like, oh, that's yeah. it's a be- so It's beautiful. Amazing. You think back on like the first time you see Omashu and sort of, oh my gosh, okay, this all came out of this love story and it's that's extraordinary. Great. And uh, and so when we kind of come back to Ang and Katara, in fact, they see this huge, and it is huge, very intricately beautiful kind of carving into the cave wall. It's like they've carved these huge statues out of the cave. It's beautiful. It's uh, ornate. And it's the lovers kissing. And then there's this message, love is brightest in the dark. So we have this very profound stuff happening for Aang and Katara. Meanwhile, we got Sokka and the nomads. They are struggling. Um, it should be said that Chong and Sokka are great foils for each other. He, mm-hmm. The exasperation <laughs> level that Sokka experiences. I mean, he slaps his forehead so many times. We'll see what happens. Foreshadow report later in the episode. But uh, <laughs> they are really, really, really funny characters. They're like the odd couple, right? Um, great, great, great pairing. Chong thinks they should play a love song since they know that love is the key. And this is you know, not happening for Sokka. But when we go back over to Aang and Katara... Katara suggests that she and Aang kiss. That's right, Katang shippers. Katang shippers in the house. Let's kiss. If you are hoping that Aang plays this well, Katang shippers, you are going to be sorely disappointed because he does that thing that many of us have probably done at one point or another in our lives where we just cannot stop saying the wrong thing. If it was a choice between kissing you and dying... What? I'm saying I would rather kiss you than die. That's a compliment. Well, I'm not sure which I would rather do. What is wrong with me? So awkward. That's a compliment. She's not into (laughs) it. It is not great. And so it seems like he's just totally blown it. Meanwhile, much to Sokka's dismay, Chong's got another song going. And then we get out of there and we got to check in on Zuko and Iroh. Right, Dante? So Zuko and Iroh are leaving songs. The fireflies are really cool foreshadow report of what's to come in the cave. After all these folks did for them, Zuko steals their ostrich horse, which Song sees. In the tunnel, Aang and Katara are almost out of light and out of hope. That light dwindles, Aang and Katara moving for a kiss. Well, what do you think? We don't see the kiss. We don't. We don't see the kiss. Did they kiss? Was there a kiss? I felt I saw the kiss. I was like, they kissed, right? The light goes as they're leaning in. We pan up in the darkness. We pan off of them, presumably, because right. then we yes. see the crystals so lighting we see up the, crystals the, ceiling. the ceiling. I do love that the whole first kiss is very, like, there's an adolescence 
feeling of the kiss with all the awkwardness of what, what Ang says earlier. And then even like the kiss happening, not happening is what happens. Or like you go back to your friends, like, did you kiss her? Like, um, yeah, I'm going to say we kissed. <laughs> we kind of kissed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's a great way to you get to keep the secret of if they kissed or not, because whether or not they kissed, they're absolutely not talking about it. Like, they are not yes. going to say a single thing about that ever again. Never. Either way. It's so. like, you never want to say, that was my first kiss was this weird, I think I got a piece of her left lip, and then I saw crystals, but it's all good. <laughs> and then I saw crystals. I want to say, too, this is an r- astonishing show of compassion, of sympathy, empathy for all Katang shippers. Dante, you could have said, you could have simply said, guess what? The kiss didn't happen. I didn't see it. Never happened. Because I know Amen. you're king of Zutara. And I think you're being very grounded. You're being a great host of a podcast <laughs> that you are setting that aside. I'm feeling very Chong like today, yeah. man. It's all good. It's all tunnel love here. Love's you know? the answer, man. Love's the answer. I'm just saying I'm proud. So we've decided, I think, I just want everyone to know, Prince Zuko decided that that Katang kiss did happen. Uh, so that's, that's out there now. <laughs> I think it happened. And, yep, and we do see those crystals, right? Which is so cool. And it is very Firefly-like. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And we see the crystals, and they really look cool. And they're glowing, these gems on the ceiling of the cave. And it's kind of like leading them somewhere. Elsewhere, Sokka and the nomads encounter more wolf bats way more wolf bats and they're still ugly <laughs> they're running then, from something right out of nowhere bam it's badger moles and yo i never knew the badger moles were as big as they were giant they're massive <gasps> they're like building size <laughs> and then they're closing off all the tunnels like they don't fool around they actually really know to earth bend really well and Sokka mm-hmm. tries to scramble away and i love it because he trips and hits that Dromian and the Badger Mole, of course, hears it. Hey, those things are music lovers. Badger Mole's coming toward me. Come on, guys, help me out. The big bad Badger Moles who earthen the tunnels hate the wolf bats but love the sounds. It does it also sort of imply that the Badger Moles might have come and attacked them at any point if not for... Chong's constant playing all throughout the episode. <gasps> I this thing that Sokka that. is like so upset about the whole time and desperately oh, wants I to be shut it. down is actually the thing that is like right. keeping them alive, maybe? That actually going with the flow and singing the songs is very important to survive. Never considered <laughs> that. I think you're absolutely right. Wow. The Badger Moles are loving it. They're loving that's it. That's what it was keeping them alive. <laughs> it's so good. Chong said, I think we should sing a love song. He was right. If he would have sang the love song, they would just kind of stay alive. He was right. Oh, so good. I love that sort of implication. And also yes. that since the crystals only light up when you're in the dark, it really genuinely is like this act of faith that if you yeah. just went in there without a torch, if you just yeah. like trusted that you would be okay, you would be okay. So it's like, oh, it that. is this like Faith that things will be okay and this, like, go with the flow. Sing a song. Have a song in your heart. Both of them are, like, the ways through this tunnel. <laughs> I love it. You're so right. That makes me so happy. Yes. So they're fully serenading. Oh. So they're serenading the Badger Bulls. We're using music. And Ang and Katara are following the crystals. They're trusting in, in love. They don't need the flame to keep it going. They're following the crystals. And Aang wants to, like, follow up a little bit. He wants to chat about this mm-hmm. possible kiss. Uh, but Katara's gone. And they get out. They clear the tunnel. Appa is thrilled. He, like, unfurls and cozies up to the ground and stretches as <laughs> big as he possibly can. He's so excited to be out of there. And moments later, 
Sokka and the nomads and the badger moles come tunneling out. They've found their way out too. You know, different paths, different paths along the journey. Momo runs over to Appa, tells Appa all about what Momo experienced on on his side <laughs> of the. I saw that cave-in. conversation. It's <laughs> a real debrief. He's like, "Okay, where do I start?" You really get the sense of that. So then we get. Chong's finally realized that Aang might be the Avatar. Sokka slaps himself on the forehead one more time. We get a lot of face palming. It's been turning him red the whole time. Yeah. The nomads won't be going with them to Amashu. This is my favorite joke in the episode is <laughs> Aang asking, uh, so you guys coming with us to Amashu? And Moku just says, no. And that's, <laughs> that's the end of that whole conversation. <laughs> just not their vibe. Whatever. Cool. Bye. So Chog reminds Sokka as they head off. They're not coming with him and reminds them it's about the journey. And that, my friends, is how you end an episode. Except, psych, it's not. Oh, what? What? <laughs> They're coming up a hill. Sokka immediately implies that he's learned nothing from this. He says, like, the journey was loud and annoying and blah, 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 blah. But, hey, here's the destination. We finally reached Amashu. No. Terror has struck Amashu. There's a huge Fire Nation flag hanging at the entrance. That's not good. Bad news. Yeah. That's not good. That's the end of the dun, episode. Dun, dun, dun. What a cliffhanger. What a direct, like, we're going to pick right up on it. I love that. It's a very direct oh, cliffhanger. cliffhanger. It's very cool. Okay. I have a quick one-question quiz for both of you. We'll do it real quick. Okay. Do you remember what Chong calls Aang at the entrance to the tunnel? Mm. Arrowhead guy. Arrowhead That's guy. a very good guess. You guys were right on it. You just needed to add the master part. He calls him Master Arrowhead, which I thought was fun enough to turn into a quiz. For our Animal Crossing, we got wolf bats. We've covered that very well. We've got the badger moles. We've mm-hmm. covered how big and amazing they are. Very cool. I Beautiful. I think that's kind of our big Animal Crossing, our hybrid moments. We got ostrich horse, but we've met them before. We got oh, the those ostrich horses. horse. Yeah. The badger mole's cool because they can't see. They're blind, right? Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out because it is very important. For Shadow Report, they're the original Earthbenders and they're blind. It's going to become very important that they happen to be blind. Yeah. Let's get into it. Most valuable bending, most valuable non-bending. Thoughts. <sighs> most valuable bending. Can we give it to the Badger Moles like for the whole journey for everything I mean, they've done for the us? They're the original Earthbenders, <laughs> right? So like you kind of when they come in, it's like it is what it is. I'm very comfortable with that. They created earthbending. I'm very comfortable with yeah. giving them most valuable. Very bending. comfortable with that. What about most valuable non-bending? Chong got to be an, a nominee here. Yes. Helps them keep the I second that up. nomination, especially now knowing that his singing all through the episode, you've changed my whole world, uh, Jack, with that realization. <laughs> He did know he should be playing music. Like somehow he kind of knew yeah. and that had to be about love. But also the fact that from a an outside perspective, from a meta perspective, Chong singing the song that would become this hugely iconic song for the Avatar the verse. the secret tunnel song is the most valuable non-bending right? moment. That was easy. For sure. I think of this episode, even though it's called The Cave of Two Lovers, I think a lot of people call it The Secret Tunnel episode. The Secret Tunnel one. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out in this section to Song. She is like genuinely a lovely character. And I think there's a beautiful story being told in this episode. Like we're so early in Zuko's foreshadowing report journey. But I love this theme we keep hearing in the other story is like love will lead you out of the darkness. That if you're in the darkness, you won't be stuck there if you have love and if you can follow love. And like that's Song in this episode for Zuko. And he's just not there yet. He's not ready yet. He stays in the darkness because he's getting this, like, incredible love from Song and her mother, this beautiful support. 
this opportunity to sort of like see the other side of the world and he just like can't yeah. follow that light. He can't leave the but darkness. But it's laying he, the groundwork. We're getting it in there. Yes. She's such a part of his journey. That's a great point, Jack. I'm so glad that you gave that shout out to Song because it's true. You need to meet those people in your life, in your journey to understand the better person that you can be. Even if you're not ready yeah. yet, all of that yeah. stuff sort of goes into the bank, I think. So I love that. And shout out to to the wonderful Kim, my guest, who, of course, voices song. This has been so fun. Listen, did we do the episode justice? Only time will tell. Only the fans will tell. <laughs> I feel really good about it. I feel like I was soaring on the wings of both of you and all of your insights <laughs> and soaring on the love of the song, songs. And uh, and I loved it. And I'm so glad we got to cover it together, especially with you, Jack. What a joy. How much fun. Thank you. It's fun. Always. I love this. <laughs> I miss you, bro. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, you virtually. Yeah. Agreed. Anything you want to send people towards, perhaps your uh, wonderful web show, anything that you would like to reiterate for people to check out or anything new, it's all you, Jack. Sure, yeah. Check out Chris and Jack on YouTube. We make some sketches. We got a podcast now. We're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Check that out. What's the podcast called? The Chris and Jack Show? It's called Chris and Jack's Podcast Pilots, the podcast. It's a podcast in which each episode we do two pilots of podcasts and then decide if they would be good podcasts for us to do. But so far, we just keep doing more Oh, that makes me pilots. so happy. Uh, it's perfect. That's perfect. It's a perfect concept. Two perfect and funny people. You've got to check it out. We did one episode where Chris had never seen Avatar. So we, for an episode called Avatar The Last Viewer, we had Chris watch the pilot and discuss it. But first, I made him make a ton of predictions about what he thought the show was based on just things he's heard people say oh, to me. I love it. Uh, oh, I love it. Oh, I can't wait to listen. Oh, I love check, it. Okay, great. Check that one out. Great. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. All I guess I would say at the very end is secret tunnel. Secret tunnel, secret tunnel through the mountain, through the mountain. <gasps> secret, 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 secret tunnel. tunnel in perfect harmony at exactly <laughs> the same time because that's how the internet did us lots of favors there. That, yeah. yeah, that's what happens when you're not in the same room together and there's a delay. I hope everyone loved that because that's a life we live and we love you guys and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Avatar Brave the Elements and make sure to subscribe and please leave us a review. It really helps the podcast so much and me and Janet really appreciate it. Next time on Braving the Elements, we are going to be celebrating yet further the wonderful Cave of Two Lovers. Certainly we will be talking more about Secret Tunnel. We're going to be talking to the writer of the episode, Josh Hamilton, and composer Jeremy Zuckerman. Lots to talk about. Can't wait. You can follow me on social media at the JV Club on Instagram and at Janet Varney on Twitter. And I'm at Dante Bosco on both of those. We'll see you next Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>